listening to and understanding our inner sufferings will resolve most of the problems we encounter. Thich Nhat Hanh Hi, everybody. I'm here today with um, Lisa Lopez of Chicago. Hi, Lisa. Hi, it's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Thank you so much. Um, why don't you just, uh, just start out? As I think our listeners really like to kind of hear people's story um, a little bit about what it was like for you growing up with this phobia and when you first kind of noticed that you were afraid um, of vomiting. Oh, and I should mention trigger warnings as well. So we just, we're going to use the word vomit or, you know, sick. We can say the word sick. It, I was sick or something like that. We won't use any other words. And we're not going to tell any gross or gory detail stories. Perfect. <laughs> okay. So having said that, tell us about, um, yeah, what it was like for you growing up. Well, it all started for me when I was 11 years old and I was going on my way to school and I got very sick. So I feel like that episode of because I drank some bad milk um, stayed with me. And so every morning it was very hard for me to actually even go to go to school. Like I started to panic about it and I didn't understand why or why was my body reacting that way. My mom would get frustrated because she would feel like she couldn't figure out what was wrong. Um, they would take me to the doctors a lot, and they noticed that I stopped eating. So they thought it was something else. Um, but when I eventually was telling them that I started to be afraid of eating because I thought that I might get sick again, um, that's when my doctor couldn't understand why. Like, you know, a lot of doctors don't comprehend back then, like what emetophobia was. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so it made it even more difficult. So he had told my mom, you know what, have her eat whatever she's comfortable with, even if it's like junk food. He's like, we just don't want her to lose any more weight. So then I started to do that. Um, then I went into high school and it kind of like went away for a while. And I was very surprised. But then I had to take care of my dad when he got sick. Oh. And so I forced myself to go to the hospital a lot with him. And I felt like I kept questioning myself, why am I feeling anxious? Why am I feeling so fearful? Um, why am I not eating again? And it's because he was getting sick and I was there to see it. Oh, so that wow. triggered me. Yeah, that, mm -hmm. that must have been difficult. Oh, yes. There were moments where I, I felt yeah. like I wanted to pass out. Yeah. Um, but I pushed myself and the problem was that I had to stop going to school, work. I eventually got agoraphobia because of that. Wow. Um, wow. For many and years. Did your dad recover from his illness? Yes. He actually uh, was an alcoholic. Oh, no. So, yeah, but he's recovered. He no longer drinks. Good. So in a way, it was worth going through all that. Well, yes. I mean, in that sense. Um for him and for your family, I would mm -hmm, think mm -hmm. as well. But super scary when you're a kid, right? To have a yes. parent in the hospital. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so relationships, you had told me before that you're married. Mm -hmm. That's great. 
Um, and do you work outside your home? I now do. I am doing way much better. Uh, my husband helped me a lot. He was my caretaker for like around seven years. Oh, gosh. Um, okay. Yes. We'll talk about I mean, that in a minute. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But working, yeah, you work now. Yes, I'm actually like an energy work. So I do like a Reiki practitioner, wow. um, help people relax, mindfulness, meditation. I work at a holistic clinic. That's all good stuff. Uh, and have you been out of work due to COVID-19 or? I was for a very a long while, but mm -hmm. I was doing distance stuff. So that kind of helped. Yeah. Well, that's good then, because it's been a terrible thing for people that work with people. You know, what it, what can you do? Um, yeah. So uh, tell me a bit about your relationship with your husband uh, from the beginning. And how did it get to a point where he was looking after you? Well, uh, the first time I had actually met him, um, I met him through online. Mm -hmm. And I was already struggling. Um, emotionally because of the phobia but I kind of pushed it to the side and I just went to meet him and he started to notice that there were things off like you know he's mm -hmm. like oh it seems like you know you're always sick or you always feel um, anxious um, so I thought that that was going to ruin our relationship but he was um, very caring he came from a background where you know family is everything mm -hmm. so he tried to understand it um, I, I eventually got really sick because of taking care of my dad. And that's when my husband, well, my boyfriend at that time, he um, would take care of me in the bathroom because I would sleep there. Oh, um, my gosh. I would, yeah, oh my I would gosh. have panic attacks till like four in the morning. And he would stay up with me. And then he would go to work at six in the morning. So he would only have like three wow. hours of sleep. Yeah. I hope he didn't work on heavy machinery. No, no, thank God, no. Yeah, um, but that's that's really exceptional. Yeah, and and um, hanging out in the bathroom, you must have been so anxious. I'm so sorry you went through that. Thank you. Yes, it was yeah. it was very traumatic. I felt like it's hard to explain to people how it feels when you're going through that. Like mm -hmm. what, cause they would ask me, well, why, why, why in the bathroom? And I'm like, well, it's a comfort because you just know that that's where is the safest place to feel when you have this phobia. And um, it feels like you're being doomed. Like there's no end to it. Right. And you just want to, you know, come out of your body, but you can't do that. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you're, if you have a phobia of like <clears throat> birds or something or well, spiders, it can be really bad in a house. But, you know, if you say it's birds, you can just go inside and you're okay. Um, yeah. But you can't escape this um, if, exactly. when it gets really bad and you, you feel ill and you're 100% sure that you're going to be sick when, in fact, you're not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, But there's that feeling, um, which is just about impossible to shut off. You know, I mean, yes. it doesn't matter how logical people think, um, oh, just be logical. You know, you say you feel sick every day and you never get sick. So you're not sick. But they're talking mm -hmm. to the wrong part of your brain because the logical part of your brain knows that, you know, yes. you knew that. Right. I'll tell it to some other part of my brain that's freaking me out right now. 
Yeah, exactly. So how did you get through that? And, and you're not obviously not living in the bathroom now. So Oh, thing. No, no. Um, well, I ended up there was this one time where I felt really, really bad. I mean, I was underweight. I was like, less than 85 pounds. Um, I just I couldn't do anything. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't socialize. I distanced myself from everyone. And I was in the, in the bathroom again. And I had told myself I just didn't want to live anymore. Um, I actually even went to my husband that night and I told him, please let me go. I just don't want to be here anymore. I don't know how to do this. Mm -hmm. So he, you know, obviously got emotional and told me, well, if you're going to be like this, he's like, you know, at least let me do the part of trying to get you to where you need to get to. Like, he's like, how am I going to live without you? Mm -hmm. So he kind of gave me that, you know, pressure on, on my back, like, you know, I have to stay and I have to be here. Um, I don't know what it was about that night, but it clicked. And I was just, I found this love inside of me that I was just like, you know, you went through all of this. I just want to be able to help others not go through it anymore. Wow. So Yeah. Even when you were obviously still going through it, you were in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I told myself I was, I was going to find a way to get out of that bathroom and be able to help others because I never wanted them to go through it. And I did my research. I tried everything from meditation to seeing doctors um, to seeing therapists. And I came across this kind of like teacher who, you know, teaches meditations and affirmations, um, Raphael Zernoff. And in three months, I was able to change that. Good. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So you were able to quiet your mind. Mm-hmm. to the point where you didn't feel under a threat anymore. Is that sort of fair enough to say? Yeah. What he, he taught, what the main thing I learned from the lessons that he taught was that instead of going, you know how you have exposure therapy? I kept trying mm-hmm. that, which I'm not going against it at all. I think everyone has their own way of healing. Um, for me personally, um, it helped to do like a 21 day meditation Mm-hmm. Um, get myself, like you said, to a state of calmness and then try the exposure of going out and doing little things. So right. my brain records a different experience. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, you were, you know, able to to, to calm um, your, your mind and your brain. And it was in such a state of panic before. So that's really helpful. I do similar things with my clients, I, I have them do um, progressive muscle relaxation to listen to videos or recordings. Um, in the old days, it was tapes <laughs> of, mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. people just guiding you from head to toe to be in a completely relaxed and, and to state so that when you tell yourself, you have to calm down, you know, if you say that to yourself, your body doesn't know how to do it, though. doesn't know where to go. So you have to practice yeah. and practice and practice. And that's what I hear that that you're saying, that you did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Practice. Yeah. And now you're teaching that to other people. Yes. Now I've noticed a lot of people are going through anxiety, especially during this pandemic. Right. Um, 
you know, it, it was so, it was such a awakening because there's so many people who would tell me, so how are you dealing with it? You know, cause you know, with the phobia and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I think it prepared me in a way because I was already used to isolating myself. I was already used to washing my hands so many times, you know? So for us, it was a little bit different. You know, I can't talk for everyone else, but it was just my anxiety actually became kind of like a hidden um, teacher, you know, because it helped me to embrace my fears. Right. Yeah. Um, And now you do Reiki people can you just say a little bit about what because I know what that is but I'm not sure all of our listeners know what it is so maybe just give us a little brief introduction to it of course so Reiki is like using the universal energy that we channel as a practitioner and it goes through our hands Mm -hmm. and we do different placements on a person now this this helps the person to go into a state of relaxation Mm -hmm. so it goes into a natural healing you know, because stress obviously causes us a lot of, a lot of, you know, health issues. And so being in that state of relaxation really helps your body to balance itself out and be able to release what no, it no longer needs. Right. And in my understanding, you don't even have to touch the person. Is that correct? Yes, that's the best part, because that's what we're doing now due to what's going on. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely fascinating. I went to a workshop with a colleague one time. Um, on Reiki. Yeah. It's how I met one of my um, best friends who is another therapist that I'll be interviewing at some point. (laughs) Um, That would be awesome. Yeah, he's scheduled in anyway. So so let's talk about, um, because your husband was very supportive, stayed all night up up with you when you're kind of living in the bathroom, so to speak. But it sounds like you were the one who really got your own mind together like you had that kind of determination to get out of the bathroom so tell me how the phobia from that point on um how did it go with your relationship with your husband well it was very tough in in my relationship with my husband because we couldn't be very um i couldn't even be uh this is what i want people to know most of the time is that it it takes you through different stages you know you go into depression you go into you don't want to be touched sometimes yeah. because you're so afraid that you might catch something right. from someone and then get sick. So intimately, it really affected our relationship. Emotionally, he started to lose weight too because I became kind of unaware that I was being controlling when it came to people the way they would eat around me because I would be afraid like, what if he gets sick? And, right. You know, then I can't take care of him. Mm-hmm. Um so at one point, our relationship just became a patient and doctor. You know, mm-hmm. it was just like, he's taking care of me. That's all it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then later on, we ended up working together and bringing back, you know, who we are, learning what we fell in love, like how we fell in mm-hmm. love. And that really helps to actually even see see it differently because I first kind of was I had this really big hate in me that I feel like, oh, I did this to myself. I did this to my relationship. I should have seeked help. Um, But it it was a gift at the same time, as always, because now we're seeing ourselves as, wow, we went through all this and we still want to be together. Right. Well, that's that's good. I'm sorry you went through the the self-hate part that many of our listeners are 
in the middle of right now while they're listening to us, you know, and probably think that they're alone and not worth very much. You know, yes. that isn't true. It isn't true. You're not replaceable, whoever you are. You're the only one of you. And yes. there's a path out of this, right? Um, mm-hmm. There's a path out. And and uh, it, you don't have to be in it forever, for sure. Yes. And what, what about um, your other relationships? Like you must have lost friends and contact with family. What was that like for you? Yes, um, I lost many, many friends, actually, because they thought I was actually angry with them. And they thought Mm -hmm. I was um, purposely staying away from them. Like, they're like, Oh, Lisa, doesn't want to be around us. She doesn't want to talk to us or she rushes when she's with us. But it was it was the fact that I didn't want to explain what I was going through. Because one thing, it would make me panic to just talk about it. Okay. And then, you know, and then the second thing was, would they understand? Because some of them would tell me, oh, it's nothing, Lisa. It's a normal thing that happens. And then right. they'll even try and make a joke. And, you know, that just didn't, you know, run well with me. And I, would, I wouldn't blame anyone. I mean, they didn't understand. And this is why I wanted more awareness on it. Yeah. Well, that's a too bad. That's too bad, isn't it? And that's another thing everybody can relate to is, Uh, First of all, not being able to talk about it. I mean, I certainly have had clients who I couldn't even work with because they were just so scared they couldn't even talk to me. And, you know, that just breaks my heart. Um, And and then the second thing is just people not understanding, making a joke. Um, It it's yeah, there are a lot of people people kind of make jokes about OCD and things they shouldn't be making jokes about, you know, like I'm laughing yes. while I'm saying it, but I'm, I just think laughing at people's ignorance really. Um, yeah. Because OCD is re- super serious. And so is a metaphobia. It's very serious phobia. It, um, it really is. And what about your family members? Like, did your parents understand about this when you were, kind of going growing up and going through it with your dad and no they really didn't understand it um my dad he was you know he had a lot of his own personal issues so I didn't at the beginning I didn't have a really close relationship with him um my mom she tried to understand but at one point it just felt like she thought it was just in my head Mm -hmm. and I ended up working with her um, at the same job for many years just because I felt comfortable being with her. Like I was like, okay, you know, something happens. My mom's there. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, I knew that if I had an episode, I couldn't tell her because she probably wouldn't understand it. And then would tell me, you know, get back, you know, don't let it get to your head. You could just get over it. So my husband was the only one who would understand. And Mm -hmm. the, my brother actually helped me a lot. I was very surprised. Nice. Um, he's younger than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was like, you know, I'll check your food because I would tell him I can't eat oh. if I don't mm-hmm. smell my food and know that it's good. You know, and he's like, I'll do it for you. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of that is enabling too, right? We try to discourage some of that, but but a lot only only if it's part of an overall plan. You know, I wouldn't ever just say to family members, just stop enabling because then the person is going to be thrown into a worse panic. They have to, 
it has to be part of an overall plan to get better. And all in your head, I have to, I just, that it used to make me mad when I heard that, right? But now I, it almost almost cracks me up because (laughs) indeed it's all in your head. Yes, there's something wrong with the way our brains function is the whole point. But I don't know what all in your head means to everybody else who's saying it. You know, um, it's imaginary, I guess. You're, but how can that doesn't make any sense either? But anyway, <laughs> indeed, it's in your head, but there are also lots of things in your head, um, as you've discovered, that help you get out of this and, and find yes. the path out. How, how, bad would you say your emetophobia is now or how good like on a scale of one to ten with ten being really living in the bathroom and one being just not really afraid at all I feel now it's like a two. Oh, good for you I, yeah yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's really good I, that's great yeah. yeah I've been able to do a, a lot of things now and I've already faced so many things where um there is this one point I got real I actually did end up getting sick and I was just I became like a witness I was like just kind of like seeing myself going through it and I was just like it's okay I'm I'm actually okay right right yeah and um one of the little tips I can give to listeners that when I first meet people meet clients and they tell me these stories and they tell stories of a time when they vomited. And I said, what did you think right then and there and right after? And without exception, people say something like, well, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, or I really was okay, or it wasn't that bad. Um, And I write down what they say on like a little sticky note. Why am I showing this to you? You're the only person who can see it. (laughs) Yeah, And you know what a sticky note is. Anyway, and I stick it at the front of their file so that I can just show it to them over and over again, you know, that honestly, you really will be all right. I mean, it, it feels like it's the worst catastrophe, like, like a huge mass murder or something but it's not you know yeah feels like that it's so scary um but it's really okay it's not that bad well you're awesome lisa just your story and and how you kind of got through this that is a really (laughs) heroic story so thank you for sharing it thank you so much for giving me the opportunity